Hey, Rebecca. What's up? Would you call us foodies? Absolutely. What is it? What's your definition of a foodie? Hmm. A person that likes food. <laughs> well, there you go. That's the end of the show. Thanks for coming. We'll see you next time. No, what it like, there's people that like to go out to eat and all that, but what makes a foodie though? I mean, when you eat food, like I think a foodie thinks about their food more than the average eater. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> like really dissects. Is this a good side to go with this? Is this a good salad to go with this? Is this a good pairing of wine for this or whatever? So people, I think, just think a little deeper on spices and things like that. Well, I even on my end, being more of a visual person, I think it's also the vibe of the restaurant. Mm. Like, how's it set up? Is it comfortable? Yeah. Is the lighting great? Do you feel comfortable or does it feel a little too, mm -hmm. like you can go too sports bar-y where you, it's too frantic or you can go like, yeah. you know, I so think you, the ambiance is something too. Do you include the service in being a foodie then? Oh yeah, for okay. sure. Because that's part of the ambiance. I think it's the whole experience okay. is what a foodie loves. Like, cause you could, you could eat at home and not experience any of this, but I think foodies are like, what's the new place and when can we go to it? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. 100%. So speaking of like this December is my birthday and every year on my birthday, we try to go to a new restaurant. I always try to pick something different. And this one has been kind of always comes up in the top, like the top. We have driven by it for 20 years. Yes. yes. And finally we went last Christmas or December 30th, my birthday. And it's Bonnell's. It's in Fort Worth and it blew us out of the water. Like couldn't believe the service, couldn't believe the menu items, had some incredible menu items. And so we thought, I wonder what it would be like to talk to the, you know, the real John Bonnell that owns this entire. The executive chef that has created all of this wonderful, beautiful yeah stuff and y'all yeah. he said yes he did so <laughs> here you go enjoy this interview with john bonnell We're doing good. Are you a cowboy fan? Uh, you know I am. <laughs> I mean, Born and raised here. What a trooper to do an interview in the last quarter of the cowboy game. At least they're winning. Right. We're, putting, we're putting a good enough whooping on them. It's not going to be a problem. <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not missing much. It's not a close game, so that's good. Yeah, I was not like, a problem. Yes. Yeah. So Vanderbilt, did you go to Vanderbilt? I did class of '94. Yep. All right. We uh, we only got beat by 41 this week, so not as bad as some <laughs> others. But that's well, okay. they have a good baseball team. That's what I'm talking about. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. so are you a Ranger fan too? Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm a local hometown guy. Yes. I love it. I never thought I'd see it. I, the only thing I'm worried about is uh, when Rangers win the World Series, is that one of those things in the book of Revelations, one of the boxes we check off? Yeah. Are we in trouble? I think so. Yes, we're, we're very close to the end times now. That's so funny. This, this might be it. <laughs> <laughs> we are going through the book of Revelation at church right now. We have to yeah. ask our pastor what he thinks about we'll that. We'll see what, how the Rangers play into that. <laughs> I, I got to look it up. It's been a minute since I flipped to that book. I got to see if the Rangers World Series is in there. I think it might be. <laughs> 
Uh, who knows? Uh, heaven on earth, maybe. I mean, you're getting there. <laughs> Oh, you're getting there well john thank you so much for joining us already we've had a blast talking to right. you um <laughs> we, thank you for taking time to talk to us we uh, it's my pleasure glad to be here yeah we have some great things to talk to you about today and we are thankful for you to spend time with us today so we appreciate you it. bet yeah so let's just start with from the beginning tell us like how did you how did you grow up did you grow up in the kitchen with your mom like your parents I did. I grew up with two parents who both loved to cook, but they were very different about their approach. My mom was kind of classically trained. I mean, if it was in a cookbook, she could make it. Didn't matter if it was a very technical French dish, anything European. If it was in a book, she could figure it out and make it. And we used to do a lot of dinners at home um, mm -hmm. where she would let the kids pick, uh, you know, when it was my turn. I have a brother and a sister. And if it was your turn, okay, she and I are going to go to the store we're going to pick out all the ingredients. We're going to make dinner that night. And you can pick anything out of a cookbook and say, this is what we're having for dinner. And she really liked to teach her kids how to cook. Oh, my dad um, was real big. My, my brother and I were always outdoors with him hunting and fishing. So my dad was always kind of the, the outdoor seat of your pants approach. He liked to try to say, well, can we do a, a whole pig today on the grill? Or, you know, <laughs> what are we going to do with this venison? How about we do some a saddle or something like that? So Two really different approaches to cooking, and I grew up just loving it. Yeah. So it's like dude perfect with food then. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 70s edition. <laughs> yeah. Let's see what we can do with this. Yeah. That is awesome. That's so cool. Um, so you went to Vanderbilt and you graduated. Now, I heard you I were teaching like math and science. That's so right. That uh, go ahead. Mandy had the number one education department, and yeah. um, I decided to go through that channel, and uh, I graduated and was a middle school and high school math and science teacher for about two and a half years. And then just uh, had a big career change idea. And then I went off to culinary school. Um, I got my, I got my uh, bachelor's degree and then decided to go get me an associate's degree on top of that. <laughs> That's funny. Our son is actually doing the same thing right now, not in culinary, but yeah. you know, <laughs> very interesting. Culinary was a huge group of career changers for the most part, a few out of high school mostly people who were switching careers. So um, I went to the New England Culinary Institute in Vermont in, uh, let's see, 97 and 98. Oh, okay. So is all the stuff that you did as a kid, is that just you knew you loved it? So it's like, I want to do this instead of teaching. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I had never thought about going into cooking for a living. It, it It's not something that you talked about in the 80s. You, you go from high school to college, and that's what you right. do. Yeah. And uh, started looking back, it would have been a very different career change to to go from high school to a culinary school. I don't know if I would have done very well that way, but uh, I sure love the way it, it worked out now. It's a little bit of an unorthodox approach, kind of a, a crooked path to get where I am, but I wouldn't <laughs> trade a thing. Worked out for you, yeah, I think. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So my grandfather was a postman and he would go on his, his post route and he would take a pistol and he'd shoot, you know, whatever. He'd bring home dinner, basically. So there you go. tonight we're having <laughs> So sounds yeah, a little bit like something you might've been into, but is that how you, with the, your dad's upbringing, is that how you came to like specialize in wild game? Cause I see that on your menu at Von L. Sure. It's one of the things I always grew up loving. Uh, we were always after dove or quail, duck, turkey, venison, whatever we could hunt or fish. We were always trying to figure out how to put that on the table as well. So some of the very first stuff that I, I really fell in love with and, and it's a challenge, you know, it's not just as simple as, grabbing a chicken and throwing it on the grill. And so uh, it, it's one of those things I've always gravitated towards and still do yeah. love to take my kids out. 
Yeah. So what are some of the techniques you would do? What What are the differences in wild game and just the normal meat you would have? Sure. Uh, Thanksgiving's coming up. So, for example, when we shoot a wild bird, I'm going to cut the breasts out separately and I'll take the legs out separately on the breast meat rather than roast the whole turkey, which on a wild bird just doesn't work. The legs and breast cook in a completely different method. So you can't do a whole bird and make it work. So we'll take the breast meat by itself. I'll, uh, I'll brine it at least overnight, and then I'll rinse it, put it in a bag, and sous vide it with a lot of fresh sage, garlic, uh, olive oil, a touch of butter, and um, we'll cook it sous vide at uh, 400 for, I'm sorry, we'll cook it sous vide for about four hours at 180 degrees, and then just slice it like that, and it's one of the greatest pieces of meat possible. But we'll take a, a butter ball and, you know, roast it. And I'll, I'll put some <laughs> herbs up and butter up under the skin. And we'll roast the whole yeah, bird and make yeah. it work that way. So, yeah, you yeah. just have to come up with techniques that work. Yeah. So sure. what time is Thanksgiving dinner? What time should we be there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and our family, we always tell it 1231. Everybody yeah. comes over at 1231, somewhere between 1230 and one. But 1231 <laughs> is the time. That's there you perfect. go. That's, oh, that's awesome. awesome. And, yeah. and, and hopefully we'll have venison meatballs if if one of my kids can uh, can strike pay dirt, we'll have venison meatballs okay, again. Yeah. We usually do. <laughs> no so, pressure. No still pressure. Waiting on that. <laughs> That's right. Okay, so Rebecca, she knows she does a lot of the cooking and knows a lot more about it than I do. <laughs> but her theory is that cooking is like art and science with a dash of math. So, do you? What do you think of that statement? Because she says that a lot. Hundred <laughs> percent. I, I think she's right, and you should listen to her a little more often. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I'm, totally I'm agree gonna, with you. I love this guy. <laughs> I love this guy. So I always say that, that like, a, a, a background in science and math and everything was absolutely perfect for cooking because it's exactly what I do. I start with biology or botany, and, and you apply physics or chemistry to it, and math yeah. is always going to be part of it because we're still on this old school yeah. measuring system we should go metric like the rest of the world we're the only country that still does <laughs> tablespoons and cups that's it's a horrible idea yeah why do you need to know that there's a 128 ounces and a eight in a gallon and three you know two teaspoons it, it it's stupid we should, but yeah, it's stupid yes. regardless knowing <laughs> math and knowing biology a little botany i guess and uh, applying physics and chemistry is exactly what cooking is all about. And I, I I couldn't be more thankful for the experiences that I've had and what it led to because it really, it really helps in the kitchen. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Told you. Well, I think America's <laughs> we're just stubborn. We're just not going to go to the metric system. It's that American pride. Now, yeah. It'd be real easy in about a year. We'd say, why did we take so long? But we're not there yet. Yeah. When it also fascinates me, if you put certain foods together, they the combinations, the chemical reactions and stuff, it just it just yeah. kind of blows my mind. Yeah. And I just wonder how do people figure out how to do this? Yeah, I agree. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, for for hundreds and hundreds of thousands of years, people have been, you know, eating and figuring out this tastes better with that and this tastes better with that. And then you know, we've refined it so far. We, you know, first world problems. Now we we figure out the the final details to make a dish just perfect instead of what's going to sustain you. Yeah. But um, yeah. you know, in professional cooking, what they what they taught us more than anything in school was how to apply proper techniques, how to you know, mm -hmm. how to saute, braise, steam, fry, grill, do the the techniques right, and and what were appropriate for different things. But then when you're done and you taste something, how to correct. 
And it's almost always a salinity, acidity, specific yeah. properties that you say, this is either a little bland or not quite there. Maybe you add a little spice to it. Maybe you get a little more salt to it. Maybe you add a little more, a little more acid, whether it's a, a little, little drop of vinegar or lemon juice or something. Those things are, are what we learn to correct for. And the same, the same thing with like winemakers. You start with really good grape juice and then how do you get it to that exact perfect end point where you need it to be? And that's, that's one of those things that it, it takes time to develop. And as a chef, it's it's one of those that when I go in the restaurant and talk to everybody working in the kitchen, let's start tasting stuff. When Oh, we are really close here. What do you think that needs? A little more lime juice? I'm with you. Just a little more and we're perfect. So those yes. balances are things we're always, always working on. That's great. So is part of the taste buds, is that talent something you're given or and it's something you can, you know, grow into doing like you can teach someone to do that or is it just something sure. people just kind of know like when you it's taste both yeah um, some some people don't taste much there are people that uh, all food is just food and they really don't care yeah. i've met plenty of people that don't care what they eat it i gotta eat something they don't taste that much and there are people who are super tasters and can absolutely pull every ingredient out some of it can be trained and some of it can be taught but some people have different sensitivities and uh you know, there's there's the whole gamut. Everybody comes into a restaurant for a different reason, and we want to make everybody happy, but you, you never know. We're, I would like to think that everybody's coming for all those great nuanced flavors and, you know, hope, hopefully a good value for, for what we put skill level and, and, you know, quality products on the plate. But yeah. it just depends. Not everybody uh, perceives it the same way. Mm -hmm. Still subjective. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we know restaurant, the restaurant business is tough. I mean, I don't know how anybody is successful. Nah. <laughs> oh, not at all, right? Because I do a lot of work with Chili's and Brinker, and I know how much I I, I work with the managers and stuff like at uh, corporate events, and I hear about just how hard this is to do. So given that, and then you add COVID to it, how did y'all survive COVID? Uh -oh. Rebecca told me some stories about how you survived COVID Ooh. in the restaurant. <laughs> How much time you got? I actually published a book about the the COVID years and just what it was like from the restaurant's point of view. That was the strangest time I've I've ever been through. Um, when it first hit, and they said, you know, you you got to close your doors. We're yeah. a full service white tablecloth fancy restaurant. At least two out of the four were at the time. And I said, you're telling me that a fine dining full service restaurant can't let anybody in the door? Well, we can still be in business. You just can't let anybody in. I, and we just, we rethought our whole concept and pretty much abandoned fine dining and said, the only thing we can do is uh, is cook volume. We need to cook as much food as we can for the least price we can possibly get away with. And we started doing family four packs, 40 bucks feeds four people and no choices, no nothing. We didn't have anybody to answer the phone. So I just put it on my Facebook page and said, here's the menu tonight. Come by at three o'clock, line up in your cars and we'll put it in the back seat, no contact, or we'll stick it in your trunk for you. And, you know, you can slide a little credit card into this reader. And, and it, it was incredibly successful oh, um, yeah. right off the bat. We weren't doing fine dining anymore and we still had to let all of our employees go. I mean, the, the hardest part about COVID to me was the, the day that they said you, you're closing. We, we were in a, went around and fired 234 people that had done nothing wrong. Yeah. They just, they, we, we didn't have a server or a bartender or a coat check or a valet in the state of Texas. Mm -hmm. Those those jobs all just one yeah. day, they're just gone. Yeah. So we had six people left at Bonnell's. We went, uh, we, we fired 234 people and we ended up with 30 employees to run four restaurants. Wow. 
Wow. So let's see if we can figure something out. Yeah. Oh my but, God. Are you still doing the family meals, right? We are still doing the family meals. That's so crazy. <laughs> it's <laughs> crazy, but people liked it. So we're still doing them. And now you can order them ahead online. It's a much easier yeah. deal, but it, uh, it just kind of stuck. I never would have thought of, you know, doing... <laughs> doing casual uh, family style meals at a fine dining restaurant, but people like it. So we keep doing it. People love it. So out of those 230, how, yeah. how many came back after COVID? Like, did you have a lot of the same people come back? We have built the the restaurant staffs back up and we're, we're pretty much full again. And we've opened one more restaurant since then. So we're up to 320 some employees, but yeah. it was hard to get everybody back at first because we could only open at, uh, 50% capacity for a while. And yeah. a lot of people still weren't ready to come out in, in public. So it, it was a really slow and um, difficult kind of crawl out of this, you know, yeah. cocoon that we were all in. Everybody just learned how to stay home for a long time. Yeah. And, you know, the workforce didn't necessarily want to just come back and be exposed to a lot of people again. And I don't blame them. And we were trying to figure out how to do service, but still keep people safe. And it was a very uh, difficult, you know, seesaw back and forth. Uh, until they finally said, all right, all, all restrictions lifted. Here we go. Wow. Hmm. That's so crazy. Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest yeah. with you. We, we, every, if you type in best restaurant in Fort Worth area, you know, Bonnell's is number one. And I've seen it. Well, for thank years. You. And we always go somewhere <laughs> to eat for my birthday. And finally this last year, I said, let's go. We have not been. And I'm, I was not only impressed with the food, but the people that work for you, they love you. And we had that experience again today. We did. We went, we went to, to John's, we went to yeah. John's uh, for lunch and a, a lady named Teresa waited on us. And I said, I said, do you ever Is get to, right? yeah, I said, do you ever get to see John? She said, he comes in here all the time. Nice scout over me. She didn't know we were talking to you later today, right, yeah. but she sung her <laughs> praises too. And I mean, that was one thing we noticed. The people that have worked with you have worked for you a long time. And she said the same thing. She said, people don't leave because they treat their people so well. So what do you think that you do that fosters that kind of devotion in your business model? You know, that's a tough one. I always say that the restaurant business has a very bad reputation and deservedly so for the Gordon Ramsay approach. You just scream and yell at everybody and, you know, <laughs> degrade everyone. And I, I just, I can't do it. I say, you know, we, in this business, sometimes we spend more time working than we do with our own family. So we can all start by treating each other with respect. You got to be nice to people. Now I can be stern if I need to and say, Hey, we're not going to make the food that way. It needs to be this. I'm not going to look at this plate again. I need it right. Or we're not doing it, but that's enough. Yeah. That's plenty. I don't, I don't have to scream and belittle you and, and, you know, throw food on your chef jacket. I just feel like if you treat people right and you're nice to them and you're all on the same team, then you end up getting better production out of everybody. And then People like coming to work and they want to stay. We like a family atmosphere. I've got I've got people that have been with me our whole 22 years at Bonnell's. Yeah. When uh, when we turned 10, we had some employees that had made their 10 year mark, and you know the the stereotypical uh, you get them a gold watch kind of thing. I said let's let's do something a little different, a little special. When you make your 10 year mark with us, um, we take you down to Letty's and you get to measure up and uh, get yourself a custom made pair of boots. Aww. I had no idea how many pairs of boots I was going to end up buying, but <laughs> we still we still hold that deal. Yes. There are a lot of people that have been with us the whole time, and it's really, really great to see. And it fosters a good family atmosphere. It makes people want to stay. It's a lot easier to keep people, keep them happy, and, and have people that want to be there than to constantly train new staff every day. Yeah, people are truly devoted to you. We, we've heard of it time and time again. It's highly impressive. 
Well, and it's valuing people is what you're doing. Like you're respecting and valuing what they give you in your business. Mm -hmm. And that makes people want to work harder. Yeah. 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 You know, if you don't want to be there, we don't want you there. But the the, the opposite is kind of true. If, 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 you know, you come to work and you don't feel wanted, then, then what's the point of being motivated? Why would you, why would you want to be at a restaurant like that? So we like to think when everybody shows up that we're all on the same team, everybody's, you know, having a good time. We're after a mutual goal and the mutual goal is to make sure that every customer has the best experience possible. Yeah. yeah lots of other goals in mind, but if everybody starts with that in mind, our whole goal is we get to serve other people and give somebody a great experience. There's something really fun about that. When I go to your table and say, this was your anniversary of your birthday, like you said, and somebody says, we have just had the best time tonight. If that's not crack for your soul, you know, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. You're in the wrong business. We're in the hospitality business for a reason. We love people. We like we like serving people and, and ha- giving everybody a great experience. That's That's yeah. a fun deal. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. It's a, it's definitely a testimony to you for sure. Okay. No, you got something? Yeah, I was just yeah. going to ask like what John Thank goes you. out to eat. John and your family, yeah. you go out to eat uh, on the weekend and you're going to a <laughs> restaurant that's not a, has your name attached to it. Where does John go? Dallas. <laughs> All right. We got kids and uh, a lot of times it's asking them. Um, we like to go to Ellerby quite a bit. That's one of okay. our favorites, a real cool Texas farm to table restaurant. And yeah. Richard and Molly do an amazing job over there. We like to go to Fitzgerald. They do some fun stuff. Ben is a great guy. Mm-hmm. The kids love every once in a while to do something special and go to Hatsuyuki Hand Roll. Okay. That is a really cool sushi restaurant. Very authentic. Um, Walloon's, new seafood restaurant over Magnolia. That's a fun one. We like to go sit on the patio at Joe T's also. I mean, there's nothing okay. more fun than sitting outside on the perfect day Absolutely. on the Joe T's patio. Yeah. Uh, Esperanza's for brunch is a big one for us. Chilaquiles yeah. and Migas are a big one. So mm. there's a few of our favorites. That's good. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think when you know you're, when you know you have a great restaurant, you're okay going to other restaurants. You know what I mean? You're like, yeah. we also all the community that want to make good food. Yeah, sure. And, you know, so many of the the owners and chefs, we all know each other and we like each other. The independent restaurants are all in the same boat and we like to promote each other. I I mean, when I go to a new restaurant, everything was great. I'm going to put pictures up and say, hey, guys, here's a new place. You all need to go check it out. I I think it's I think it's great how Fort Worth has kind of a a culinary community that, that that's all on the same team instead of just trying to be competitors with each other all the time that we help promote each other it's it's a great food scene here in this town yeah, absolutely it really is we've we're trying to get down magnolia and all that to hit yeah. all the restaurants yeah so. recently we went to 61 osteria mm-hmm. it, it's a new one that's just opened not too long ago. yeah Incredible. That's, that's one of adam jones and it's fantastic yeah i love that little bar area over there we sneak over yes. for lunch once in a while a handful of guys such a cool craft cocktail list mm-hmm. they've got a great bl- uh, bluefin tuna appetizer that's just awesome yeah they yeah. do a great job over there they do. Yeah, they do. Okay. Speaking of awesome, we went to John's Grill today mm-hmm. and I've got to tell you, okay, we want to make sure that everyone knows you haven't paid us for any of the things we're saying. Not paid ever. Yes. <laughs> no checks coming your way, sir. <laughs> so me and my, me and two of my sons, we have a hamburger list that we keep. It's a shared note on our phone, phones nice. and we kind of rate our hamburgers as we go. Mm-hmm. Went, burger journal. I love it. Yeah, yep, we went. Mm-hmm. I, we went today, and I'm going to tell you what I had was the grilled cheeseburger mm-hmm. with the there munch- you go. Nice big griddled slab of monster. Oh my gosh, it was so good. 
I was like, Rebecca, don't talk to me right now. I need I mean, some personal time with my I was hamburger. chatting with Teresa, the waitress that we love, and he just checked I'm out. Just he over there said, like, burger heaven. I, I, <laughs> away from I need some leaving. alone time with my burger, please. Exactly what he said. <laughs> I did say that. <laughs> and I'll let you know, it is number two on my list. Yes. So <laughs> Everybody up. else can bump bump down. Yeah, everybody trying. had to bump down. This is huge. He's oh, this got is big stuff. He's got a list. You don't you can't add anything to the right. burger. It has to come as it is. It can't fall apart in your hands. The bun to meat ratio has to be just right. I mean, right. there's a lot of things. There's <laughs> I a love it. This is a I, big deal. A, a burger is not a simple item. It, it, there's a lot of thought to it. And we started by deciding to raise our own beef on this. So my brother's ranch is down in Toller. And we've spent a lot of time working on it. And he's he's way more the rancher than I am. He's also a professor of medicine and a doctor. And he said, you know, I want this to be heart healthy beef. It needs to be the good stuff. Yeah. And so we're raising an Akiyushi Angus Cross. And we can sell the fancy cuts at Bonnell's all day. That's great. But we're grinding almost all the rest just for burgers. We're going through two or three animals a week at John's Grill Crazy. just on the ground. It's a, it's a really tasty and heart healthy beef. So yeah the details don't uh don't escape us we, we like to geek oh, yeah. out on it you know yeah well it's a it this these are huge words oh I mean, yeah and you said yeah. heart healthy it may it made my heart feel great <laughs> <laughs> thank you he yeah. loved it so much okay i have a question about restauranting in general how do okay. you how do you know like supply and demand how do you know how much to have ready to serve how do you even yeah how do you even regulate that how much, how much time you got this is a tough this is question where i would totally fail and, and and about about five years ago i could answer it more easily but now the supply chain and labor uh demands and just the cost of everything is so much more complex than it used to be so generally you're going to look at your service and and you can help you can predict in a way how many people you think are coming. And then you have certain par levels of every item. I'm going to have this many, I mean, our burger patties, we got fatties and we got flatties. So I'm going to have this many fatties and flatties ready to go. And if it looks like you're going to blow through it before, before you're out, you got somebody prepping and making some more and getting them ready. So you, you always have your par levels, but the, those are golden questions. Yeah. How much do you order? How much do you have on hand so that you're covered and you're not running out but you're also not wasting and let something spoil and that's just a game you play all the time yeah it, it never quits yeah i think letting something spoil would be worse running out just shows a yeah. person, oh next i got to get her early next time and to get that because it's a hot commodity I mean, that's how I there's would. always there's always waste theft overage under i mean all these things happen daily at every single restaurant fine dining restaurants have hundreds of ingredients and fast casuals have much fewer it, it may be easier to play but it's still something that you struggle with every single day. Yeah. So uh, kind of on the side of that, when you have extra leftover, do you, what do you do with that? Uh, it depends. We might make staff family meal. We might send people home with it at night, or maybe you just lost it. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Tough. So here comes the holidays. What's, what is on your, I was making my grocery list today for Thanksgiving. Do you stuff your bird? <laughs> do you not stuff your bird? Do you smoke it? Do you roast it? Like what, what's on your table? All right, turkey basics. So don't stuff your bird when you cook it. I'm not saying don't have stuffing. I'll put things inside the cavity, like I'll put a, a couple of uh, cut in half lemons and some fresh herbs, some mm -hmm. garlic or onion pieces in there, but you still need airflow inside that cavity of the bird to cook properly. So I don't believe in jamming it full of stuffing where air doesn't get in there. And and the stuffing that gets all the you know juices in there usually is not is not the best stuff. So we're going to have one big old 
store-bought turkey. Hopefully, we're going to have one or two wild birds on the table that I do sous vide. Yeah. Very good chance we're going to have some venison meatballs and a homemade marinara sauce. Still got mm. some herbs in the garden we can make that with. I'm going to do um, probably uh, the dressing I'll make on the side will be uh, green chili and fresh oysters and a cornbread dressing. Ooh. Kind of a New Orleans style that I love doing. A lot of family likes that. Uh, mm. Roasted garlic mashed potatoes. Uh, I'll do gravy with a little bit of sage to it. We'll use the turkey drippings and some chicken stock. Little touch of cream on that one too to hold it. And we'll make a really nice sage gravy. Um, that is my part. And then some other family will bring a couple other dishes. I might make a green bean casserole too, (laughs) see if somebody else takes it, but we only have about 20, 22 coming this year. So it's not too big. Yeah. You make your own pies. Any, any pastry work Uh, at your house? You know, I got some, I got some extended family that loves desserts more than anything. So anytime they say, what can I bring? I'm like, bring a pie. Bring a pie. Bring a cake. Uh, Typically my favorite is a a pumpkin cheesecake that we do, but we that's we have desserts covered for the most part, so I don't I don't usually make them on Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love that. Okay, after our huge lunch, I didn't think I was going to be able to yeah, eat, but, but I'm hungry again after hearing dinner. your slips. <laughs> that's my job. I'll get you hungry every time. That's right. That's right. Listen, John, my birthday is December 30th. Last year, we went to Bonnell's. This year, this year, it's going to be Waters. Mm. This year, it's yeah. going to be Hadn't been there yet, and so I'm really looking forward to it. We are so excited to talk to you today. Yeah, Thank so you awesome. so much for taking time, sitting on your porch and having a conversation with us. We're now literally your biggest fans. <laughs> oh, that's really sweet of you. Thank you. The pleasure's mine. We, we're running five right now and just, I have more fun with every single one. I love what I do. The hours aren't good, but it is a blast being in the restaurant business. If love you love it. it. Yeah, no kidding. And so- when you go to your restaurants, you can tell everyone's having a blast. So that's, that's great <laughs> for you. us. It's great for the people coming to eat. Right. It is. We love it. <laughs> That's the fun Wait. part of my job. We get to make people happy. Yeah. yeah. So quickly, you have Bonnells, you have Waters, John's Grill. What are the other two? Uh, Buffalo Brothers. There's two oh, locations there. One, the original at TCU opened in 07, and the new one downtown opened in 19. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. Yes. Yeah, that's, a, that's a big one. That's yeah, the one down in Sundance Square, that Buffalo is the biggest one we have. It has 93 TVs and 72 beer taps. It is a big place to watch sports. A lot of fun yeah, down there. So we need to go there for a game. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. We'll go there and watch Vandy play baseball. <laughs> now we're talking. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, man. John, thank you so much. I hope you get to catch the last of the Cowboy game. <laughs> oh, no, no worries. Thank you. all Wait, they're not losing, are they? I don't think so. No, I think they're up big. We're okay. They were doing okay. good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. This is yes, fun. Told you. What'd you tell me? I told you that it's art and science with a little bit of math. Rebecca, you're always right. <laughs> well, this comes on the heels of the other day you went grocery shopping and it said, ladies, it said five C period chicken broth. And yeah. the text was, what is C period? <laughs> Hey, I'm a foodie, not a chef. Okay. I eat the food. I don't necessarily make it. And then I think then there was some conversation about panko crumbs. Yeah. You're like, where are these? And a box or a cylinder? <laughs> well, when I see panko crumbs, I start I start freaking out a little bit because I'm like, I cannot remember where this is in the store. <laughs> I never remember what aisle it's in. So I was already freaked out. And then yeah. it said two panko. What do you yeah. call them? Tanko, panko crumbs. Panko yeah. crumbs. And then I'm seeing boxes in front of me. I'm seeing bags. I'm seeing cylinders. So I'm texting like, do you want two boxes? Do you want two cylinders? <laughs> These are just very, yeah. I think they're 
Listen, Good questions. I never keep the ringer on my phone unless you're grocery shopping. But I try to turn my ringer on because there's always going to be questions. Yeah. They're always kind of funny. So I appreciate it. I'm just trying to do the right thing. Yeah. Well, the right thing now is for you to make reservations for my birthday at yeah, Waters that's... because that is where we are definitely headed this Christmas. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'll make reservations for Waters and at lunch, we're going to go to <laughs> Buffalo Brothers. Yeah. It's going to be a John Bonnell day yes, for your birthday. That's right. Yes. We will just celebrate with him in yep. spirit. So guys, if you haven't checked it out, you need to check out any of those restaurants that are his. I'm telling you, you're right. This, the the service, the ambiance, he's got it going on. Like true Texas hospitality. Wonderful. And the nicest, his servers were telling us how nice he was. Mm-hmm. And he was one of the nicest people. We've yeah. Ever this met. is a place that you want to give your money to. I that's mean, right. Like, with, without, without pause. Without reservation. That's exactly Take right. all my money, John. Exactly. We love it. <laughs> so we guys hope you enjoyed this interview with John Monell and hope you'll make some reservations in your future. Party 45 and a half over and out. We'll see you next time. <laughs>